from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. This week, we're talking about transit innovation and a codathon coming up here for VIA in San Antonio. I'm joined by Steve Young. He's the Vice President of IT for VIA. And uh, thank you for joining us this week, Steve. Great to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. So uh, for, for those that are listening here in San Antonio on 1200 AM, they may know what VA is, but go ahead and give them a background anyways. And then with our listeners across the internet on iHeart or anyone picking this up on podcast afterwards, uh, may not know as much about your organization as somebody here locally in San Antonio. Right. So VIA is the public transit agency that serves the San Antonio region, the greater Bear County area. Um, so we serve San Antonio and many of the other cities in the Bear County area two primary services that we offer. We have fixed route bus service, which most people will be familiar with seeing the, the VIA buses driving up and down the corridors. We also have a very large van fleet as well for uh, our paratransit service, which is called VIA Trans. So that's what they were required by law to provide for those people that can't often drive on their own. Yeah. And then if you've been a, a tourist in San Antonio, you may have seen uh, some buses downtown that look like trolley cars. You may see these new, is that teal or cyan? What, what's the color on these new uh, cultural route buses? Well, the, you're, I think you're referring to the Viva route and yes. it's, it's a rainbow. It's a plethora okay. of really bright colors that kind of reflect the San Antonio kind of fiesta kind of, uh, you know, kind of look and feel for the city and kind of catering to that tourist sector. Yeah, and that's a, a great way if you were going to go see the Mission Reach or get around to many of the different uh, cultural attractions up to the McNay Museum mm -hmm. even. I think I've seen it running up that direction uh, all over. You can pick that up and uh, take that around this area. Right. It's great, easy way to get around the city. You don't have to worry about directions and parking and 275 gets you as many rides as you want for the day. Yeah. So as you're, you're doing that now and we're talking about uh, transit innovation and technology. So uh, you're running a, a mass transit system. Uh, why is coding and technology part of that these days? Well, at the end of the day, coding technology is pretty much part of everything these days, right? I mean, there's very few companies that aren't implementing all kinds of technology, and they really have to. I mean, at the end of the day, we're in an age where technology is becoming embedded into pretty much everything we do in our lives every day. And we recognize that idea that we really need to be embracing technology and be looking at new technologies and really thinking about things that we've never considered before. And maybe, you know, just coming up with some crazy new ideas that will help our customers and help us. So this is uh, what, what sparked the idea for the, the Codathon, which we'll go into some real detail uh, about that event coming up here in February. And uh, so uh, those uh, in the audience that are inclined to write software or want to try to learn in the next 30 days, uh, you could go ahead and get involved in that event. But uh, going through kind of the, the tech background a bit on VIA, so if we went back five years ago, there was no Wi-Fi on the buses five years ago? Right. So that's been in place a little over uh, two years now. So every vehicle in our fleet, the buses and vans, uh, they both uh, are all equipped with three Wi-Fi for our customers. Yeah. So you're, uh, you're effectively an internet service provider in a way. 
Yeah, we have about 700 uh, places uh, roaming around the city you can uh, get access on in any one day. Yeah. And so you're, you're serving that external customer base, but then also, as you said, kind of every business has technology behind the scenes to serve the employees. Uh, and, and then as you are rolling out as well for technology for your customers now, there's a Via mobile app. Yeah, so we recently, uh, this summer, just launched the Via Go Mobile, which is a, primarily a mobile ticketing app. So that's the biggest number one function of the app. So someone can fire up that app. Once they've entered in their payment information, they can you know very quickly buy passes, as many as they want. They can kind of bank them in that app or store them like a digital wallet and activate them as needed. So you could just do a day pass or you could have a monthly pass there. And uh, it's really kind of exciting. It's really taking the friction out of payment. I mean... At the end of the day, I think when you look at paying, if cash is becoming an issue for some of us, we don't always have it. Um, it also slows down the boarding if someone's paying with cash. So having that mobile app is really nice. And really, there's, I think, a whole generation of people that, that they'd rather use that app. That's much more friendly. And really, there's a, I think there's a little bit of a, maybe a fear factor getting on a bus if you're not a regular rider and you know, what slot do I put the money in? What do I do with the ticket? And so to some extent, the mobile app really lessens that and kind of takes some of the friction out of payment and makes it easier to for that transaction to take place. Yeah. And for those those folks that are getting the monthly pass, much easier to do that on their phone than it is to go to a, a location where you can pick up a monthly pass. Absolutely. You can purchase it anytime. You don't have to be on the bus. Um, you know, we've heard great feedback. It's really convenient for people and they're really embracing it. And pretty soon we'll be looking at some other options. For instance, maybe could, could an employer issue bus passes to their employees through this app. So it'd be very easy for them to distribute it. And that's something we'll be beta testing in the near future. Yeah. So that's a, a one good idea. So uh, as you uh, go and, and roll out technology, um, there's new ideas that are going to come from this year's Codeathon. Are there any uh, ideas from last year's Codeathon that uh, we should talk about and highlight so people can start thinking about those before we go into some of the details of the event? There was lots of great ideas. I mean, last year's Codeathon, we kind of architected it a little bit differently, but it was basically 24 hours, um, probably a little bit less than that when you look at some of the uh, judging and things like that. But in that amount of time, that's that's a very limited amount of time. If you know you're a coder, you know there's only so much code you can, you know, gen out in, in 24 hours. Plus, you're learning about new data and things you may never have interacted with before. So that's an additional challenge. Um, our winning uh, item or app from last year was an Alexa skill. So uh, we have a Via Transit Alexa still skill. It's actually published in the uh, Amazon uh, Alexa store for the Echo devices. So you actually can enable that skill on your Echo today and basically ask Via Transit, when does the next bus leave? You name the bus or uh, you say the number of the bus stop. And that's pointed, every sign in our system has a number right there printed on the sign. So you can ask Alexa and she'll tell you when the next bus is going to leave. So you know, it's a very kind of spot market. Not like everyone has an Amazon Alexa, although from what I hear on their Christmas numbers, I think a lot more people Maybe everybody have has one now, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, there's a kind of interesting use case there. I mean, yeah, I can get the, I can get Via's data on my phone and Google Maps, Apple Maps. A lot of places have our data, but maybe I'm making breakfast, getting the kids lunch ready to go. I'm a Via, you know, I'm a regular rider to get to work. I can just quickly say, hey, when's my bus going to be here and find yeah. out. So that was a great example, just a way to help get information to our customers, get it in their hands easily. And that's really kind of the approach we've been taking with putting our data out there is let's 
put it out as in many avenues as possible because my avenue may not be the same as your avenue. That is, you may want to get a printed bus schedule and I may want to get a SMS message and this person may want to get it through their Alexa. So that was one example. We had lots of other things that weren't fully developed last year that were interesting. We had a Slack bot that you could go in your Slack channel and ask the bot, where do I want to go for lunch? And it would it was trying to connect basically lunch and bus service, right? So maybe a company that has passes, they could all quickly, you know, have a little chat on uh, Slack and figure out. So it was kind of an interesting way of like taking data that's out there and recompiling in a new way to make it more useful to people. Yeah, no, that sounds like some good fun. No, I, we've we've had a, a bike group here that's been picking up B-Cycle and different things to go see where they can ride from downtown uh, f- during lunch. Uh, so if we someone takes that Slack button, integrates a little further, I could see a uh, us picking up those, especially for 275 for the day, you could pick up and catch any of those cultural routes, and there's probably many places you could go to lunch along there uh, coming in and out of downtown. Oh, lots of cool options. And the other thing in our mobile app, which is mentioning B-Cycle, you actually, there's a more rides nearby feature in the app. And once you click that, you actually get offered to look at other transit, other transportation options, because something we know, we recognize people have many modes of moving around, walking, uh, bus, as well as things like Lyft. Lyft is in there as as is B-Cycle. So you could quickly click on B-Cycle and see where the next uh, B-Cycle, closest B-Cycle station is. Yeah, because for those that are listening outside the Bear County area, Bear County's big. It's really big. Uh, like You guys cover, my understanding is if we were to look at, at Dallas as another big metro area, it's a big, sprawling metro. You guys still cover, I think, twice the route miles with half the budget? Yeah, so we service about 1,200 square miles uh, uh, compared to DART up in Dallas, which I think is roughly around 600. Uh, they also have a double the tax rate that they're collecting at as well. So, you know, we do try to operate as lean and mean as we can and really still provide really good service to our customers. Not an easy job by any means. But No, this is uh, one, though, in the world here where you can publish some of this data out on APIs and now... Uh, you can create a, an ecosystem where folks are going to help you improve the service as well. Yeah, we've actually had a developers page on our VIA site for a number of years. And um, several years back, we started publishing uh, through a standard called GTFS, which is very common in the transportation or transit world. And it's a, it's a feed standard that we put out stops and routes and schedules and those types of things. And any developer can sit there and consume that GTFS data. And then we took it one step further and did GTFS RT, and that's a data that we're constantly publishing over and over with all our real-time next bus data. So that because a, a schedule is one thing, but really people want to know when the bus is going to be there. Yeah, because the schedule is all fine and dandy until there's a road construction sign. Yeah, or, if you've driven around downtown recently, uh, it's yeah. not easy to get around. And uh, uh, those of us that live in Bear County know that. Uh, Sometimes the highways might be a tad bit clogged now and then. And yeah. so that schedule is it's an estimate, but it's hard to keep to. Yeah. For other reasons. Yeah, for, for sure. There's there's no exact science on the roadways. Mm. Uh, there's lots of approximations and estimating. So as as you're uh, out there publishing this uh, information, you said as well there's a SMS where people can interact with the the platform. So you could have a mobile app, but if you didn't have a smartphone, uh, you can communicate uh, to via and get real-time bus information via SMS as well, correct? Yeah, we get a tremendous, uh, I don't know the 
right off the top of my head, but the amount of texts that we go through is phenomenal. And so at every uh, bus stop, it gives you the number you text to and the stop ID. You just text the stop ID to the number and it'll tell you all the next next bus arrivals. And it's used very frequently. And yeah, it really services a need for folks that don't have a smartphone and, you know, maybe they're not familiar with some of the apps for checking on buses like Google Maps or Transit app or Move It app, which all have our real-time data in them. Yeah, some of those data feeds may not necessarily be as updated as real-time as the SMS. Your SMS one, I think, when I've used it, it's uh, always been spot on for me. It, it's a great service, but the other data feeds we do update uh, uh, live as well. Um, but it's data. It's going through a lot of hops, right? Yeah. So we have to get it published. So that's at least one hop there, if not a couple. And then apps have to consume it and do whatever they're going to do manipulating it, right? So there's going to be some lag by default in there. Um, not to mention the data we collect from our buses is only typically about every 30 seconds, right? So you take that 30 seconds and then you add in the lags for all the different server hops and data yeah, manipulation. That's why you just, you know, could do it. Google may do it very well. Some other app may not do it as well, right? Yeah. But being a networking guy, we're always looking, how do you eliminate hops? And yep. that, that SMS one seems to me to be the, the one that is uh, very quickly back into your platform. So you guys, as you look through at this and, and folks are thinking, wow, they're running a, a bus service, but they're an internet provider by providing that Wi-Fi on the buses. You're also an application platform provider because you're running a cloud service effectively that is this data feed to um, all of the route information and, and everything else about uh, the buses so that folks can integrate into the via platform effectively and make their own apps um, consume that information and do those things. Uh, so with this Codathon, now you're encouraging more developers to understand the that developer section of your business effectively and how to build upon that? Well, you know, the Codathon, obviously, we want people to, you know, come up with great ideas for transit. We we really want to showcase the great San Antonio tech scene, too. That's kind of a, you know, other part of this whole deal is there's a lot going on in San Antonio. So I don't want to underplay that as well, because that's really highly important. We really just seen such good things going on. And when we originally kind of brought this idea forward last year, some of the discussions, you know, people told us they'd you know, heard that, you know, oh, San Antonio runs an event, no one's going to show up because, you know, the whole tech scene's in Austin and kind of that same old thing we've heard over the years, but there is a lot going on. So we've put the data out there and we're really hoping for some great stuff to come out of it. And even if it doesn't, we hope it's really highlighting the tech scene and really focusing on the great development scene here in San Antonio. There's a lot of great talented developers here. So um, obviously our goal and our hope is that something really awesome is produced you just never know with, you know, 48 hours and uh, volunteers what's going to come out of it. But judging from last year, we're expecting some really great things. Yeah, I'm sure there's a listener right now already looking at your uh, APIs because uh, they got a Google Home for Christmas instead of an Alexa. And they're like, we're going to be getting they're, right. they're going to they're be writing one so that they can talk to their Google Home or their Google Assistant on their phone. Absolutely. And I had actually tested Google Assistant. You can at least get some bus schedule data of some sort in there, but I don't think it's fully baked yet. So that could be a great possibility. Yeah. And with the, the rise of chatbots, is there a, do you, have you guys uh, built your own via messenger bot or anything yet? So we've actually, you know, had some discussions around AI bots for things like customer service and not, we've actually looked at a couple of demos from providers of 
they wouldn't they'd be the back end system that we connect into but we'd have to build the the actual ai interactions yeah um so we've talked about it um we have a lot on our plate this year we don't know if we're going to get to it we actually uh talked last week about adding that in as one of the challenges so one of the things we do for the coders at the codeathon is we provide them some hey what are some you know challenges that via faces so maybe one of the challenges is answering all the calls that come in from our customers or providing timely information to our customers typically someone calling in is not going to be as timely as other avenues of service, right? If you can send an SMS, it's coming back to you electronically with no human interaction, so it's very fast. If you call a 800 number or a number for customer service, you may get in the dreaded call queue, right? That happens at any number that has a call, any place that has a call center. So we actually talked about could we take some kind of chat bot and at least pick off the low-hanging fruit of those calls that come in and automate some of that. We'd love to see something around that, right? So it could use a platform like Watson, for instance, could be the back end for something like that. And really those channels, it could go multiple channels, right? That could maybe do SMS, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, who knows? The sky's kind of limit on that, could be email. And even some pretty decent voice recognition out there now via available via API to where, uh, yeah, that voice recognition app could take a call in and could send a, an SMS actually to your platform to get the answer and then translate that SMS back into a voice for the the person that wanted to consume that answer via voice instead of a text message themselves. So, all through a phone call. Yeah, all through a phone call. So, I mean, yeah, I think there's, it sounds like many different uh, innovative things that folks could work on um, at this year's uh, Codathon. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and we're discussing code and innovation and transit. Uh, we're going to talk maybe a little bit about via cybersecurity here as well. I'm joined by Steve Young, the vice president of IT at VIA. Uh, so, Steve, we've been talking about uh, the, this year's Codeathon. Uh, if the listeners just came in right now, uh, this will be online on Tuesday, January 23rd. Uh, if you're listening to us uh, live uh, on the radio right now, uh, you can listen to the full recap of this episode. Uh, go to our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. If you happen to be listening to that rebroadcast here in between now, uh, when we uh, went on the air and the February Codathon here for VIA this year, uh, you can get registered and uh, come down and get involved and uh, win some prizes as well, of my understanding. Right, Steve? Yeah, we have a great event planned this year. Lots of great sponsors, uh, a great host too. Trinity University is going to be uh, hosting the event in their fantastic CSI building. Um, it's really a beautiful piece of architecture and great kind of collaborative workspaces for the teams. Um, prize money is we have at least $5,000 to give away. Probably will end up being more. Just kind of depends on what checks we get in the mail and uh, who else uh, decides to sponsor. But at the end of the day, uh, we're definitely going to give away at least that much. And, you know, that's we've had such good support here in San Antonio. It's been really amazing. Yes. Yeah, so for the, the listener specifics on this event, they go to the website of gocodesa.com. To register there, correct? Correct. And uh, just click register and you'll be uh, taken to Eventbrite. Um, and you can register right on the Eventbrite site. Alternatively, you could just go to Eventbrite and look for GoCodeSA, I suppose. But uh, uh, I know our listeners are savvy. so Yeah. Either way, <laughs> they'll get there. So, And then the event this year is February 23rd through the 25th. Right. So it's kind of a unique event. Last year, we started on a Saturday morning, did a kickoff event. Uh, kind of disoriented or oriented everyone at the event. Uh, and that was at Geekdom. We kicked it off in the event center at Geekdom. And then we walked over to Code Up where kind of the, the magic happened. And we actually planned it as a kind of traditional overnight event uh, so teams could stay. And then that Sunday we had judging uh, 
or in the afternoon. So this year we kind of changed it up a little bit. We kind of felt like let's give the teams a little bit more time and not really worry about the overnight thing. Teams can go work in a coffee shop if they want to work overnight or whatever. So we're going to kick off uh, in the afternoon at Trinity at that CSI building, and we're going to stick around. We'll have food for everyone. We'll stick around till you know, pretty late in the evening, maybe 10 or so that night. We'll reconvene on Saturday. People can choose. To, they don't even have to come back. They can come back and hang or not. But we, you know, they, a lot of times they prefer to be there. We'd like them to be there. We'll have people that are data experts. They know the VIA data. They know how our architecture works so they can help answer the questions. Because, you know, obviously most of the people in the teams, they don't know everything about transit and our data. So it's nice to have everyone kind of in one place together. Yeah. And then we'll stick around Saturday till uh, like dinner time, and then uh, reconvene Sunday morning for uh, judging and the finals. That sounds like a a good fun weekend, and if you're a college student, uh, the opportunity to uh, make five thousand dollars over a weekend uh, sounds like a, a really great idea. So, for any listeners in the Trinity audience, especially, this is on your campus. Almost no excuse not to be part of this. Uh, but uh, for those of you uh, in computer programming around the rest of San Antonio, uh, you should come on down as well. So, I think that there's no exclusion. You don't have to have a college computer science degree completed to be in this codathon. Not at all. We want, you know, anyone to show up. We kind of set a, you know, age limit of 18 just to make sure everyone's an adult and we're not uh, having to deal with some of the things that might uh, come with dealing with minors. But at the end of the day, we're um, very willing to have anyone there. I mean, if a company wants to send some of their, you know, programmers down and have like, you know, a team from a local company compete, they certainly can. So we're really open to anyone. It's really all about, you know, helping the community and showcasing talent. Oh, it's great stuff. So as you mentioned, Trinity is uh, uh, being, uh, acting as a sponsor by providing you some space. Uh, I want to go ahead and give you a chance to mention a few of your other sponsors. So uh, Code Up, as I said, you don't necessarily have to have that four-year degree in, in computer programming. If you went to Code Up, if you're a Code Up grad and you're listening, uh, you should come on down to this event as well. Yeah, so Code Up's one of our great sponsors. Uh, our sponsors are, some of them monetary, some of them are in-kind or a combination thereof. Um, you know, obviously Trinity, you mentioned CodeUp's been a great sponsor. I mean, they were, you know, our hosts last year and they did such a good job and we were a little worried. We wanted to be close to downtown this year, but if you've driven around here, it's kind of a little hairy. And so we were a little worried about, uh, getting around downtown and also we kind of, that's one of the reasons we went to Trinity and they're close by and they could host a few more people, uh, Geekdom as well as a sponsor this year. So they've been a great partner, really willing to help promote the event, get the word out there. And that's been really awesome. I think they gave away some memberships and probably be doing that again this year. So that's a pretty cool deal. Someone, yeah. you know, goes for the weekend, ends up being a Geekdom member. Yeah. No. So if, yeah, if you're not part of the uh, Geekdom community here and you want to be involved in technology, this is part of what Steve's saying. There's uh, a lot going on in San Antonio now, and this is a chance to come down and get involved and uh, learn something about uh, transit APIs and uh, maybe also get yourself a Geekdom membership for a year. Yeah, or a gift card or a prize money or whatever. Well, all of that will be happening. Yes. Uh, and then I, I see a few more on here. Uh, USAA. Yeah, so they've been a really kind of cool partner. And they've you know just recently opened their innovation or moved their innovation team down to downtown here. And so we kind of wanted to highlight them. And they've chosen to highlight themselves as a sponsor. And it's really fantastic. They've been very supportive. And you know they're doing so much internally as a company around innovation. It's really a great little partnership. Yeah, I mean, for, for them to understand your data APIs and really uh, the APIs of all the other transit businesses, uh, important for them. So I was a USAA employee. I don't know how they let you participate in contests, but uh, you should find out, come down and learn about how some of these things work because uh, this data integrated world is going to certainly drive uh, risk decisions uh, going forward. 
And, you know, one of the things I actually want to highlight, we do have a participation agreement, but one of the things we want to be very clear about, and we tried to write in, in very non-legal language, is we want to own code that's produced at the Codeathon for our use, but we also want to let the people that develop that code have it. They can run with it and do something else. So, for instance, they develop something that we can use. We're going to take it. We'll use it. They can take it and build it better, make it bigger, sell it to us, sell it to another transit agency down the stretch because they put so much time and effort for it. And we think that should happen. Yeah. So we really want to be fair about what's happening with it. We didn't want to sign everyone to sign their rights away and life away and not be able to do something if they really come up with an awesome idea. So we will be right back here after a news traffic and weather update to uh, talk about this year's uh, Codathon in some more detail. Welcome back to Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. If you're just joining us now after the break, uh, we've uh, been talking about VIA here. Uh, our bus and van mass transit system in San Antonio have been joined by Steve Young, the Vice President of Information Technology there. You can listen to the full rebroadcast and replay of this as well as an online written uh, blog post and transcript. Uh, it'll come up on Tuesday, January 23rd. Uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. If you uh, prefer to listen to uh, programs like this uh, in whole as a podcast, you can listen to it on iTunes Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, or really any of the uh, podcasting services out there. We should be published. If you find one that we are not published on, uh, reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, our website. Track us down and let us know, and we'll make sure that we get uh, our content published in there because one of the, the goals out of CyberTalk Radio is to help uh, educate uh, our audience on what's going on around San Antonio, uh, what's going on around the country as far as cybersecurity education goes on, and really just opportunities uh, in general to uh, get involved in this industry and learn more uh, about it because uh, we're on our track uh, headed towards uh, 2 million vacant jobs um, in the next few years in cybersecurity. Um, and those jobs are just going to stay vacant because uh, people aren't even going to post them. And it's like, I'm sure, Steve, you're thinking, you'd mentioned a little bit before, it's like uh, about cybersecurity, hiring everybody to be able to do everything. There's probably jobs where you're like, I'd really love to have somebody with skill X, and you don't even post the job because you know you're not going to get a pool of qualified applicants. Well, I always try to post the job, but you certainly have, I have the worry every time, right? Like, I know this particular job is a very difficult skill set to fill there's not many people out there with them, and, and that's a huge challenge. And that's not just in San Antonio. That's a nationwide no. challenge for sure. Yeah, cybersecurity yeah. here, probably a much better talent pool available uh, than you do in most metros, but it's still difficult to even hire here. Absolutely, because there's so many – I mean, there's so many positions here that, you know, are filled up, and it takes a, you know, crowd. I mean, everyone's competing for the same folks. Yeah, now for certain. And as uh, we talked about before the break, technology is uh, everywhere now. 
So yeah, in addition to uh, having a, a operations fleet that's driving buses around town now, mostly powered by natural gas. Or where's where's that fleet conversion coming? Yeah, While we segue here for a minute. Yeah, no, good question. So uh, that's kind of our our new tagline for Via: red on the outside, green on the inside. As we convert our diesel fleet over to compressed natural gas, so uh, we're well well into that conversion now. So. Um, you know, our bus fleet is a little sub 500 and I think we're over halfway through the conversion already. So we've gone uh, really far uh, into that conversion and it, it's by no means a small, small feat. Uh, the amount of uh, noxious pollutants that come out of the, the green fleet is it cuts it something to the na- tune of like 97 percent. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's fake news. I think I, I did it right. But. Um, that is pretty amazing. I mean, that you really will notice that in a crowded city with lots of traffic, and all of a sudden there's just not all the particulate emissions. And uh, a really cool side benefit is that there's almost no noise out of the vehicles. It's much lower. Like you had a big truck that goes by a building, typically the building shakes and rattles, and you hear it. And um, the buses are are really, I'm not going to say silent, but almost a little too quiet for yeah. pedestrians. Yeah, I mean, not quite really, electric yet, yeah. but getting there. Yeah, well, we, we have a couple of electric vehicles, I believe, and uh, I just saw one driving the other day. So they were kind of the Gen 1 vehicles, and we're definitely looking at uh, acquiring some uh, uh, newer ones. Uh, obviously, just like any any technology, the range and efficiency increases uh, over time. So definitely becoming a much more viable uh, uh, solution day by day. The neat thing about natural gas, though, is it really fits our community here in San Antonio well. I mean, we have a giant, you know, uh, oil and gas operation south of town producing immense amounts of natural gas. Basically an unlimited supply of natural gas. Um, And unfortunately, we don't get it for free, but um, it's still a a very, you know, local resource that we're utilizing and very green resource. Um, So it's really uh, worked out really well. So uh, it's an exciting fleet conversion. Uh, The new buses are really fantastic. We hope folks get out and take a ride on them and see what they're all about. Air-conditioned buses. All of them. All of them. Air-conditioned and Wi-Fi, yeah. So I think many folks that have not uh, ridden the bus in the last decade, maybe the last time they rode it was during college because um, they couldn't afford a car yet. But uh, I think it's a it's a whole different experience these days uh, between mobile apps for ticketing and purchasing and tracking where you're going and when it's showing up. And now if you're using services like Google Assistant, it'll even tell you when you need to start walking out of your office to go meet the bus at the bus stop to catch it at the appropriate time. Absolutely. And you can get on the bus, take your laptop and, you know, do your work or read news or whatever and uh, get it done without the, you know, traffic stress or uh, driving stress and the cost. Right. Because that's an expensive habit we all have driving cars. So. For sure, yeah. If you're if you're driving around by yourself, uh, for certain, it, it's and most yeah. of us do. Most in of us town, do, yeah. yeah. Most cars is one passenger inside of them each way. Yep. So, uh, as you guys uh, roll all of these uh, technological advancements out under the bus, you guys now uh, we we hear big data all the time, and uh, so you have all this information about riders and who rides the bus where and what's going on. Are you guys do, running your own big data operation to figure out how to make uh, some routes different? Well, let me back up one step because you say we have all this data about riders. And if you actually look at our typical rider over time, we actually don't have a lot of data just fundamentally from how they ride. So um, if you're, our average customer pays with cash, uh, they pay a fare. So nothing's tracked other than that we had a rider and, and got a fare. So that doesn't tell us necessarily a lot. It doesn't tell you us may where they're going. which stop they got off at. Right. We don't. 
um, because there is no transaction that takes place at, at the exiting time. So increasingly, as we, we move to new fare technologies, put new technology in the bus, we are gathering more and more data over time. So um, as we kind of progress, we're going to have more data to deal with. So your, your question's spot on. We're definitely uh, looking at data. We're you know building uh, big data sets. Um, everyone's got lots of data. It's not like we don't. I mean, we all are sitting on, you know, racks of servers and databases and but the amount of that data is definitely growing over time um, we're starting to get into some business intelligence and figuring out some visualization for data and that's something we're just uh, getting started on now but uh, it's coming along and it's really nice to see because one of the things that we really found is we have a lot of data and i think this is every company i don't think this is just via we have a lot of data but people really just don't have access to it right they they don't have a way to see that data and that's really what they're wanting yeah, no, the, the visualizations and publishing that stuff out via API, and there's some of that information you can share externally, uh, which the uh, developers will be able to take advantage of at the uh, Codathon here coming up that we're going to talk uh, more deeply about during this segment. But uh, so as you guys roll uh, out, are there any route changes that happened here at the start of this year? There were uh, several. Um, there was a partnership with the city of San Antonio, and they really worked on uh, increasing frequency on a number of core routes. So really, that's where bus service starts to excel is when I know I can walk up to a stop and the bus is just going to arrive. It's going to arrive so frequently, I don't even have to check the app or wait for that SMS text. I just want to. I just know it's going to come. And then that just makes the whole bus riding experience so much easier, right? You take your phone out, show your pass, you're good to go. So that was really, there's a whole number of routes that are up on our website that have uh, service changes. Um, and I think, you know, it's a really good first step for San Antonio to really show where, you know, the city council and the mayor are really supportive of, of really starting to look at traffic and congestion in San Antonio and how do we, you know, really make the city move better uh, going forward. So that's what this initial uh, round of service changes are about. We're also uh, doing a number of course corridor studies right now. They've been ongoing and they're going on to kind of identify key corridors for growth in the future and, you know, what kind of service those corridors may have. Yeah. So if you're listening to all of these things as a software developer and you're like, I love data, I love thinking about this, I know of some other data sets that are published as a public data set, I'd like to figure out a way to help VIA come up with some new routes um, or optimize their routes or all those sorts of things. Is that the type of, of idea someone could implement at this uh, Codathon? You know, we're open to anything at the end of the day. We're not going to limit anyone that attends a Codathon from what they can try to tackle if they think they can tackle it and they think there's a challenge that they can try to address, then we're going to be open to it. We've published a number of challenges out there or we you know put some out there so that people maybe not familiar with transit get an idea of, hey, here's some things that VIA is facing and, you know, maybe here's a solution I could provide yeah. to help VIA with that. So let's let's go through the top three challenges on your list for uh, this year's Codathon. Sure. Probably our, our biggest one that's always out there is ridership. Um, transit has been fa across the U.S. has been facing lots of challenges around ridership for lots of reasons. Uh, certainly gas has uh, uh, stayed enormously uh, inexpensive the last few years. Um, so that's certainly a challenge. We'd love to see something around that. So what could be done potentially to help VIA get more riders? And that might be that might look lots of different ways. So every time we put a challenge out, we like to say, here's kind of an example solution. So maybe an example solution for that would be some kind of gamification that encourages a bunch of people in an office to see who can, you know, 
be the greenest or ride via the most or, you know, there's different ways that could come out, but that certainly something could be done with an app that could potentially, you know, encourage people to take the bus more. So uh, ridership's one. Um, I think one that we already mentioned is information, just getting information out in different channels and different ways. Um, that's always a challenge. I mean, it's kind of like going to any office and the biggest challenge everyone says is communication, right? Because there's always, you know, people need to communicate better and, and find their means for uh, getting that information. So that's certainly one we mentioned, like the, with the Alexa skill or a Google Assistant. Um, I think another one that I always found kind of interesting, you know, we also mentioned the AI bot. That was an interesting, you know, type of, so how can we... Uh, Quicken uh, customer service or make customer service better, I think is a really interesting one. One that I've always thought was kind of interesting for transit would be kind of a way. So we're all use Google and search engines to find restaurants and uh, you want to know where to get your car repaired or oil change, you go to Google. But let's say you don't have a car and you, you're riding the bus and you just want to go get a pizza at lunch. Yeah. You can Google pizza restaurants, right? but that may not be optimized for someone that's a transit rider, right? So how about something that's been optimized, a search, so maybe it hits different APIs for Yelp or Google, hits our data, and you you know, you say, I wanna, I have an hour of time, I wanna try out a new pizza restaurant, and this search engine is gonna be optimized to know that it has to be on a frequent via, a route with frequent service, then you can hop on a bus, go get lunch, come back. You can do that through a Google or Bing today, but you have to go find the restaurant, you've got to look at it, figure out if it's on a bus line, it's it's too difficult to make it worth a lot of people's time. Yeah, it sounds yeah. very plausible as I think through this for a team to be able to write a, a natural language search uh, app over the course of the uh, the weekend there for your, Codathon, where you could ask it uh, that I'm on lunch today from 11:20 until 12:20, uh, and I'm at this address, and I would like to have pizza, and it would be able to pull up the bus routes and all the pizza places, and even look and maybe from some of the data that's out there about those restaurants, how long does it take? for someone to eat at that restaurant because sure. it's one thing to go into like a New York style pizza place where you, you walk in and in 37 seconds, they're going to give you your slice of pizza and throw you out the door versus somewhere else where you might uh, have to sit down and they're going to come by and take your order and then they're going to make the pizza fresh and then it's going to be 40 minutes later until you have your pizza in front of you. Right. And there may be other parameters you want to know, right? They yeah. need to take credit card and be rated at least four stars or yeah, Whatever. all of those yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, so that's a that's a totally plausible weekend challenge. That and that could be something that really addresses the ridership challenge at the end of the day, right? Because it's a way to encourage people to get on the bus more and you know stay out of cars and keep the city greener. Yeah, because we're I think I, I believe we're the largest metro in the U.S. that is still underneath the air quality. Um, guidelines uh, for the EPA. I think we just scraped by. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, we we got an exemption for this year. We're like in this bubble zone. But I think if you look at all of the metros that are uh, larger than us, they're all on the wrong side of that right now. So I'd like to say my little plug and thank you to VIA for converting over to CNG and helping us stay on the right side of that. And if you're uh, out there right now listening to this on 1200 WAI and you're in a uh, delivery truck or a semi or something else, if you're sitting and idling, please shut down or, or go to a, a green idle on there your your truck should have it at this point and if not talk to your truck operator about getting yourselves a green idle um, if you're out driving and moving around thank you for moving things as efficiently as they can get done uh, but if not then uh, please get that green idle going so uh, as we we talk about this so teams because this is not just an individual challenge you're not looking for a whole bunch of lone wolves to to show up and figure this all out on their own 
No, we really want people to collaborate. I mean, this this event's really all about collaboration. And so team is as small as two or as big as five. So we're kind of keeping it in a manageable sizes for teams. And so we do require people sign up as a team. I mean, you may have someone that's the rock star on the team and that guy's the, the code Jedi and he's cranking it out. And then we may have someone else on the team that, you know, is an absolute, you know, just incredible UI savant that can, you know, just make anything work better. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just depends on how people want to formulate. Um, we had people last year that said, you know, I don't even really code as my main, my main duty, but they came and they did it and they still came out with some pretty cool stuff. So, um, we welcome all. Yeah. And so if, if you didn't have a team and you were wanted just to try to find somebody to meet up with at the event or, as you said, signups as a team, or is there a way pre-event for people to get involved um, and meet someone else? So we haven't really provided any kind of matchmaking service. Uh, as of right now, we're kind of going to monitor the registration and figure that out. They can always email us um, from the site and, you know, we can try to, if we get a few people that inquire about it, we can try to match them up as a team. Yeah. Um, we did find that the teams that kind of formed last minute last year struggled a little more. They didn't know each other. They didn't know each other's skill sets. And so we're trying to encourage kind of like a planned team formation so people kind of get some thought around it ahead of time, probably give them a little bit of product up front. And I, I should actually say, you know, when thinking up front, um, I want to mention, you know, we're not limiting teams to their work over the weekend of the Codathon. Our challenges are out there now. A lot of the data is out there now. And literally, if a team wants to get a jump start, I mean, I realize most people have day jobs and families and other parts of their life and may not want to dedicate it all to VIA. But nonetheless, uh, there are some teams that you know may want to get a jump start on it. And we're certainly not going to uh, clamp down on that in any way, shape, yeah. or form as well. We certainly just leave it out there for all. Yeah, so go to uh, your favorite search engine, type in San Antonio VIA developer, and uh, you'll get their developer website. It will show up in those search results. And from uh, that VIA developer site, you can get info on the APIs. You can get info on some of the data sets that are out there. And then what's the website for the Codathon itself? Yeah, you can uh, visit gocodasay.com, and uh, that has uh, lots of information as well. So the challenges are up there. We have some of the data set information. I think we have links back to the developer the page website. right there. Um, you know, last year we gave people links to all kinds of stuff, right? I mean, Yelp and Google and you know, kind of any kind of API around transportation data um, and kind of other data that people might be using transportation to get to, right? So yeah. Like places and the like. So all of that's really useful because there's a great possibility someone's going to mash this stuff up in a way we hadn't really thought about before. That's the whole idea of these yeah. these uh, weekends. And I mean, that ties into one of the, the judging criteria. Let's go ahead and, and uh, go through those here for... Uh, a minute for folks, uh, but one of those judging criteria is innovation. That's uh, taking things and combining it together in a way that no one had thought about before. Um, yeah, and it you know we main named challenges and solution to those challenges, but sometimes people come up with something that we didn't even know we needed. Right? I mean, yeah. I didn't know I needed a smartphone till I got one, and then yeah. I, I mean, how many of us never put it down almost these days? Right? So sometimes we're not always aware of. Something someone just comes up with an awesome idea and like, why has no one ever thought of this before? And so we're hoping that can happen as well. So um, innovations, you know, that's highly um, that's kind of the exciting stuff, right? That comes out of a codathon potentially is something just new and dramatic and 
Um, it's not like everything that comes out of a codathon would be highly innovative, but it may be innovative for us or new to Via or San Antonio. Yeah. And then, so what are the uh, the other criteria for? So we want to, the judges, we have a lot of judges that will be uh, participating in the event. They're going to look at impact of, so, you know, how much, how broad is the scope of this particular um, solution that they're bringing? Um, how much is it going to help people? or help via depending because it, it could be a solution that's for our customers it could be something that's going to help us internally operationally uh, to function better. Um, and then the last one is just technical achievement. How, you know, difficult was their hurdle? Uh, what kind of skill sets and technology did they use in their solution? So those are the things we're looking at. We've got judges. Typically a lot of our judges uh, are not just via folks. They're people from the business community from the outside. Um, we had people from the city and, USAA, Tech Block, and all kinds of folks on our final judging uh, panel last year, and it went really well. Oh, that's uh, great fun. And so this event is February 23rd to the 25th at the Trinity Campus. Uh, folks can register now. Is there a registration deadline cutoff? Right now it's February 2nd, so okay. uh, we're encouraging people to really, you know, this month get uh, get to gocodesa.com and get registered. There's no cost. Um We'll, you know, we'll watch that day to monitor if we need to adjust. We certainly, you know, have a few weeks between that cutoff date and the, the actual event on February 23rd to 25th. Sounds good. And so as uh, you guys transition from uh, driving buses around town with paper tickets and cash payments only to being an Internet service provider and now a data feed provider um, and you're uh, – moving through this uh, evolution into the the tech world uh how has the the workforce at via changed um in this where i mean before you didn't even have computers in the garages to hook up to the buses right so uh, you know obviously we're hiring uh, different folks in different positions now certainly in it we've uh, you know expanded our it footprint certainly had a lot of changes in skill sets but you're right it's bigger than just it as well right so um, a lot of people are having to hire in other business units for technology and to hire folks fluent in different skill sets. Um, we take, you know, when we start looking at security and cybersecurity, that's an agency-wide initiative. It's not just an IT initiative. It's not just one guy in the corner office in a dark room with no lights. Yeah. Um, you know, we look at training for all our computer users, um, employees, so they're aware of things going on and they're, you know, not fooled by things that come across their desk or email. Um, so that, that's something we take very seriously. And, and it's really, that's a challenge, right? Because we have lots of employees. We're a big organization and, you know, it just takes one person making a mistake to, you know, really cause kind of a bad day. And that's no different than any other organization. But the more vigilant we are, the less likely that is to happen, the more aware we keep people then less likely that is to happen yeah so uh, i know you you have a few other sponsors we hadn't mentioned yet uh on the air here um we were talking about between the break one of them is um in the the transit world themselves trapeze yeah so trapeze is a, a huge uh a, a provider for us of a lot of our back-end systems for scheduling um the route management uh, the operations of our buses, we have real-time tracking systems that work, uh, integrate with them. So they've been a very, uh, you know, nice provider to kind of show their support because obviously they're, you know, not a local company here in San Antonio, but they're still willing to go out and uh, show their support. And we get a couple other uh, good tech firms involved as well as providers. Yeah. There's a there's a real small one uh, that has a service called AWS. Yeah. That's one of our sponsors. 
So Amazon has ponied up and they're actually going to provide platform services so the contestants don't have to have any of their own platforms to run on. So, yeah, if you need cloud computing to be able to run your app and backend your app or process some of these data sets, you'll be able to use the Amazon cloud uh, during this codeathon. Yeah, so that works really well. And then we have a couple of other uh, companies that are uh, tech providers or solution uh, engineers, uh, YML Consulting and uh, NetSync as well. So uh, both great companies and really nice of them to kind of step up mm-hmm. and you know support this uh, local efforts. You've been listening to CyberTalk Radio on 1200 WAI. Uh, we're wrapping up this week's program. Uh, we've been talking about the Codathon coming up that VIA is hosting on the Trinity campus, February 23rd to the 25th. You can register for that Codathon at gocodesa.com. And if you, your team happens to win, there's a prize pool of uh, up to $5,000 there for uh, all of the, the winning teams. Uh, and if you happen to own a business and wanted to double the size of that prize pool, I'm certain that uh, VIA can figure out how to take your money and make that prize pool bigger. So if you would like to join the ranks of the sponsors, uh, you can go ahead and uh, reach out to them as well through that GoCodeSA website. Uh, this is the second annual uh, Codeathon. They're going to keep doing these as, as we've been discussing throughout this program. Technology is everywhere. Uh, just it's interesting as we continue to comment in between uh, on the breaks uh, as we've been recording. Uh, there's tech on every bus. There's tech in the garage. There's telemetry data about everything. And if we haven't talked about it yet, but I'll bet even like tire pressure and and gas mileage and all those things get measured um, in all these different data feeds these days. So. Uh, information and technology is everywhere now, and it uh, helps everything across all these services. Um, and uh, V is looking for teams to uh, come up with some great ideas. Put this on your resume that you uh, were able to uh, build an app that uh, innovated, made some impact, used some cool tech, and uh, helped solve uh, some of the challenges of uh, running a uh, mass public transit facility. And, you know, if someone's really not familiar with the whole Codathon concept, there's a great recap on YouTube from last year. So go to YouTube.com and put in GoCodeSA, and the first video that pops up will be the, the recap of last year. And it's really kind of a nice uh, showing of what kind of event we had. We had a lot of people tell us that this was really the best Codathon they'd been to and most organized, well-run, and they had a great time. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for coming out and joining us and uh, for uh, pushing forward uh, technology in the transit system. Is uh, We're going to uh, continue to uh, transform this city. Uh, we're going to need folks like you and uh, organizations to be pushing the envelope across all these areas. No, we're happy to put this on. We're really excited to get together with the community and um, just hoping that lots of people come out to support uh, Tech in San Antonio and code for the common good. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Steve, and uh, have yourself a good evening. Thank you.